This is the John Oakley Show podcast. We are making concrete, targeted, landmark investments in the future of our students and educators. Part of that four-year historic $200 million math strategy, I'm announcing the details of the first year of that plan, an over $55 million investment starting this September, benefiting students in every region of our province. All right, well, the money is deep, and uh, $200 million over four, fifty-five in year one. Uh, how does that sit with the folks who are very attentive to the education file, including Annie Kidder, the exec director and founder of People for Education? Let's find out. Annie Kidder joins us now here on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon, Annie. Good afternoon, John. So how do we feel about this uh, money? Because we the, the EQAO test results have come out. Now, it's maybe not the signifier of all things in the education system, but for better or worse, I think a lot of the public's perception is based on these kinds of easily digestible dollops. Uh, so... <laughs> I like that as a description of education policy. We bring it out in easily digestible dollops. I used alliteration. Uh, I like it. Well, there you go. Uh, and so, uh-huh. but see, I'm I'm just a byproduct of a previous system, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I would not be uh, able to be as grandiloquent these days. Uh, but look, no, fifty-five million for year one, two hundred million over four years. That's not insignificant. Uh, do you see that as being a great leap forward? Not, it's not insignificant at all, and it is really important. It continues uh, work that uh, you know has been being done over the last few years. I think everybody acknowledges there there's something funny going on with math. Um, we do have to make sure we don't put all our eggs in that basket because there's a lot more to life and education and success in, in jobs than math. Goodness knows these days. Um, but it is important. There's a strategy. I think that, you know, that what's really important is that we look at all this data and we try to understand exactly where are, are the struggles happening and, and maybe why or are there certain groups of students who are struggling more than others. Um, and it's interesting, you know, even the EQAO with their results today uh, said that they found that actually kids seem to have a pretty good grasp of the fundamental skills. It was actually, um, you know, the sort of problem-solving, critical thinking, applying them to real-world examples that they were having a harder time with, which sort of goes against the idea that kids aren't learning their, you know, times tables. They seem to maybe know their times tables, but not necessarily what to do with them. Mm. And what to do with them is very important. Let me ask you just a a broad overview. I mean, it's early in his mandate, but Lecce seems to uh, come across as a guy who's uh, very much sincere and earnest about getting this file right, uh, even to the point where he's kind of put water in his wine, whereas, you know, the sticking point with the unions were, oh, diminished class sizes or uh, actually, I guess, increasing the ratio of uh, students to teachers up to 28 in the secondary grades. But now he says, no, it'll be from 22 to 22.5. And how do you see his, in the early going, do you sense that maybe this guy is very sincere about wanting to get it right? I absolutely think that he is. I think he's a really good communicator, too. He did say at the same time as all those announcements were happening last week that nothing about the plan has changed. So I think the important thing he said was that and that we all have to remember is there's so much politics in education. So people throw around sometimes slightly exaggerated numbers or, you know, we're going to hell in a handcart and that we have to watch that. But he said very firmly the plan stays and the plan is over time to reduce funding 
funding is not really about class size at all. It's really about how many teachers are there, particularly in high school, and there are going to be many thousands fewer teachers. The province says that too. So it hasn't changed, I don't think, their, 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 their policy or their agenda, but I do agree with you that um, there's a very clear and open-minded kind of uh, way of addressing this. Because he also said, if somebody can come up with a better plan where we can save the same, same amount of money, I'm willing to listen. So we've seen a you know, pretty great health and phys ed curriculum come out. The math strategy has real things in it. Um, and people can agree or disagree with parts of it. But I, you know, I think it's important that we, you know, in education, what's really important is that we're thinking about the future of you know, our whole next generation and all of us as a result, and that we try to not uh, end up feeling like we always have to pick a side, but that we can find the evidence in the middle. Well, that would be ideal. I mean, but it seems <laughs> like with, and you know, you've been on this beat a long, long time, uh, the teachers' unions obviously take up an adversarial position, anything that he might propose, even when it means with his $55 million, you know, the teachers taking math tests, they're going to be uh, tutors available to them, and uh, they can redo the test, and it's a commonsensical approach to many minds. Why are they resistant to that? Well, I think, you know, I think you're right. There is a bit of sort of polarization going on. So it's like, whatever you say, I'm going to say the opposite. But I also think that teachers understand, which I hope everybody does, that giving people a test doesn't make them better at it. Um, so that what we, what we need to be, again, back to, you know, the kind of data, what we need to be looking at in terms of math, and also, again, making sure that we're not forgetting what all employers are saying, which is what we need all these other skills, critical thinking and creativity and collaboration, that we look at where are actually the problems? Why is this happening? Because one of the things that's interesting about it is the scores are going down, but nothing else has actually changed. The way math's being taught hasn't changed. The teachers haven't changed. So are there other things that are making kids, you know, you know, only, you know, say I'm not good at math or I don't like math or, you know, the math is hard? Um, and is that affecting their ability to do math? Are we focusing on the wrong things in math? So I think that, you know, I mean, we're just doing a whole review of, you know, how effective are, is the idea of testing teachers. So I can't really talk about that because I don't know what the evidence is. But I think what's important is that we try to remember, you know, a, this is about students, but it's also about all of us, and we have to we have to try. So we who are not um, in contract negotiations or not running, you know, in part of a political party, the rest of us, the people who listen to you, um, we have to try not to pick a side, and we have to try and go out there and look for the evidence and go ah. I see that it's complex, um, it's not black and white, uh, but it, that it is really, really important. Again, with Annie Kidder, Exec Director and Founder of People for Education. You know, as to the testing of the uh, teachers, it's a two-parter. Now, teaching basic math to teachers who would teach math is uh, one component. The other, and it may speak to uh, what you said, you know, we need to do is drill down, get granular as to why kids aren't proficient in math. The second part of that is uh, to show 70% or better proficiency in pedagogy, pedagogy. What does that mm -hmm. mean to you? Well, it it that you know. Then we go back to shouldn't if if there are issues here, do we need to be talking to the faculties of education and understanding how and what teachers are taught? Um, because I don't I now and I'm not an expert on this either. I don't think you can do a pen and paper test in however long this test is to figure out uh, whether or not teachers know enough about 
pedagogy or pedagogical theory. God save us. Um, but I, I, you know, so I think, but on the other hand, it is really important that we're making sure that all of the aspects of the education system, including faculties of education and, and teacher training, is is um, is coherent. And, you know, and again, back to what everybody is telling us in the outside world that all kids need. We have to make sure that that isn't, you know, how do you teach kids multiplication as it is uh, more, how do you teach kids these incredibly important, people call them different things, but transferable skills or 21st century skills because, you know, what we know now is kids are going to have multiple different jobs. We know a third of them don't even exist right now, that the world has changed and continues to change rapidly. So, you know, testing teachers in a very narrow way, I don't think there is any evidence that that makes student outcomes better. But we, but having this whole conversation ongoing, all of us, uh, about where are the kind of, you know, I don't know, points of leverage or whatever. Where are the things? Where are the things that we do need to look at? And maybe discussions with faculties of education is an important part of that. Again, with Annie Kidder, exec director and founder of People for Education. Well, you know, let me just uh, refer you to a couple of emails that have come in here very quickly because I mean, when we talk about this whole education. Uh, conundrum. I mean, doubling the budget in 15 years under McGinty and Wynn, what did that get us? I mean, lower scores. Here's one from Graham. He said, we used to teach Greek and Latin in high school. Now we teach remedial English in university. How better off are we? That's from Graham. And uh, this from Mike. He says, I've been listening to the recent comments by your guests and panel members. Read the teachers being required to pass a test on basic math. I totally agree. I totally agree that should be the case. I'm a retired teacher at the elementary level, and math was always my favorite subject to teach. My students all came to love math for the simple reason I made it fun for them. They came into grade five with calculators, which I immediately took away from them. Once they proved to me that they could multiply, divide, and do the basics, I allowed them to use the calculator, usually around April or, or June of the school year. Maybe that's the response to uh, why kids, you know, and teachers need to go back to the basics. I hear a lot of that uh, predicated on all of that. Then you can prepare for the jobs for the future, as you were just saying. But some people are saying we're not getting bang for our buck in the education system. Double the budget. And where are we? But I think what what we do have to remember is if we look, even if we take, you know, test scores as the kind of great proxy measure for everything, which I'm not sure they are, actually Ontario students, and I know I'm not discounting the math scores in those grades, overall in the world, Ontario students do incredibly well. So if we look at PISA, which is the, you know, OECD-run international tests, Ontario students score in the top 10 of all countries in reading, writing, math, and science. So what's we what's funny too that we have to look at about our math scores is they get way 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 better once kids are 15. So what is happening in grade 3 and grade 6 because it's not born they're not like they don't continue to uh, succeed at the same low level once they get into uh, grade nine where they are tested again in math. So kids who are in academic math all do very, very well. So we have to we have to make sure that we're not, you know, going, oh, everything is terrible. Everything actually isn't terrible in Ontario or in Canada. But it's not to say it can't be improved. And I guess my one, you know, sort of last really important point is we have to make sure that we're not saying math is more important than anything else or that, um, 
you know, we have to, like, take our eye off all the other prizes and just look at math. And I don't think this government's doing that. They just put out a fabulous uh, new careers curriculum. Even the new health curriculum has talks a lot about those transferable skills or social-emotional skills. So we have to we have to make sure that kids are learning really, you know, can understand history and what's going on in the world, which uh, maybe they could explain it to me then. Um, but, you know, that, that we're teaching them, you know, to be people who can keep on learning and who can take something they've learned in one area and apply it to another and can collaborate and can learn new stuff because learning new stuff, that's a highly technical way of putting it, um, is going to be one of the most important skills that they have. So they've got to have some old basics, but they've got to have new basics too. Even though uh, we were led to believe the emphasis would go uh, towards the STEM and the M in STEM is math, uh, you're saying now they've broadened that sort of whole uh, field of priorities when it comes to education uh, as a recent development. Okay, that's a good story. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the arts and things like that, because that's easily seen as the low-hanging fruit when it comes to prioritizing and chopping things in the curriculum. Yeah, and and that, that has happened in the past, and there has been a concern. You know, we love... We like test scores because they're nice and easy to understand. So there is a tendency to look for the kind of up, good, down, bad graph and figure that tells us the whole story about education. Um, But I think that, you know, everybody in quotation marks uh, agrees that um, it's going to take way more than those things to, to be successful in the world. So other provinces have moved quite far in this direction in terms of looking at core competencies in all these other areas. And it's not just, you know, don't do or don't do the arts. It's making sure that you're thinking in math, in science, in reading, writing, history, geography, that you are, while you're teaching the kind of knowledge and the facts, you're actually teaching kids what to do with those things and how to understand the difference between, you know, uh, things based on evidence and somebody's opinion or, you know, the proverbial fake news. You know, people talk about us living in a post-truth society. How are we making sure that we're teaching kids about that, too? Yeah, yeah, critical thought. Well, you know, as a PR initiative, I guess uh, math scores are one area where the province could stand to see things going back uh, to the upside, and then uh, that might stop a lot of folks complaining about the quality of our education system. Totally. Annie, i got to let you go on that okay. note. I appreciate your weighing in. Thank you. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye. Annie Kidder is the Exact Director and Founder of People for Education. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.